It's show 136 of the Rim Pro Report this week. Jim Booth of Brightstone Consulting and the latest industry news. The show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. I know with all the events happening this time of year, you want to make sure you mark the date for the upcoming O'Neill Partner Conference after the summer. The conference will be held in Huntington Beach, California, September 18th through 20th at the Hilton Waterfront Beach Resort. The theme of the conference is Technovation Opportunities. And as is always the case, the conference is not something you want to miss. The, the renowned fundraising event alone is worth the price of admission. To learn more about it, check it out at O'Neillsoft.com. Rumor has it, spring seems to have sprung this week. And as a result, I think we should too. Welcome to the RIM Pro Report. The one and only weekly broadcast for the RIM support services industry. Bustling with news, views, and the latest updates. This show is full of interesting information. So take notes. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. You know, that music is just so peppy. Well, yes, uh, we're back for a 136th show. Wow. I still kind of marvel at the fact that we've done this many shows. And uh, many days, I realize there are still so many great conversations to have. We're continually working on getting even more amazing industry people on the show in the weeks and months ahead. Today, I'm excited to have Jim Booth back on the show. Last time we had Jim on the RIMPRO report was when he was still in his role as executive director of PRISM. As you likely know, Jim is now working with Brightstone Insurance and Brightstone Consulting as their records and information management practice leader. Today, I want to catch up with Jim on what he's doing with Brightstone and learn more about what he's focused on in this new role. But before we do, let's get you caught up in the latest industry news. Hey, a big shout out today to Michael Sullivan, who completed the Boston Marathon earlier this week and was thankfully out of the area when the bombs exploded near the finish line in Boston. A an amazing accomplishment for Mike, really overshadowed by this horrific act of terror. But despite the solemnness of the events of this week in Boston, I personally want to congratulate Mike Sullivan on finishing this, his 15th Boston Marathon. Hey, some NAID-related news as well. I never realized this, but NAID auditors visit an average of 3.8 secure destruction operations every working day of the year. That equates to almost 1,000 current member locations being assessed under the NAID AAA certification. While the number has bloomed to over 1,000 recently, with the continual roll of acquisitions, the number has dropped below 1,000, but hovering right around that really cool 1,000 mark. So congratulations to all of you who work so hard to ensure you have top-notch secure operations operations. It makes us and the industry better. Finally, some event reminders. The PRISM International Conference is coming up from May 13th to 16th in Bonita Springs, Florida. I'm looking forward to seeing many of you in the next few weeks at that conference. Shortly after is the MER Conference in Chicago. This is the National Conference on Managing Electronic Records, May 20th to 22nd. And that's pretty much all I've dug up as much as I can this week for you. If you have any news you want to share with me, let me know so I can pass it on here on the show. Alrighty, I'm going to get Jim Booth on the line. Hold tight while I do. Jim Booth needs no introduction, so we'll just get right into it. Jim, welcome to the RIM Pro Report. 
Oh, thanks, Tom, for having me back. It's great to be on and good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's great great to have you back on the show. Last time we chatted on this show, I think was about a year ago, and you were about to leave your post as the executive director of PRISM International. A few weeks later, you announced that you were joining Brightstone Insurance and helping them to form a new entity called Brightstone Consulting and some other stuff. So tell me a little bit about you know the, the, the process. Tell me a little bit about what's happened in the last year. Yeah, uh, so uh, I, I started having some conversations with Jeff Ice, who is a principal at Brightstone Insurance, in uh, in the January of January of last year, before I, I actually left Prism. Yeah, and uh, you know he made a, a a really intelligent pitch for the fact that there are a lot of synergies that could be created uh, by having um, an expert consulting group paired with uh, an insurance entity. All right, and. Uh, at first, I was a bit skeptical, but the more we talked uh, and the more we began to explore the idea, the more possibilities presented themselves. So um, I was able to uh, sign a contract with Brightstone Insurance uh, on the actually just the day before the Prism Conference started last year. Wow! And took the month of June off, and then started uh, with them on the first of July last year. And we've been working to build both the Brightstone Consulting business and the Brightstone Insurance uh, in this industry vertical, the RIM industry vertical, ever since. Wow. So uh, that that's a significant change because I know, you know, based on knowing you for a long time, your history was in association management and you've spent a lot of years in association management. So what's been the biggest change for you from a, you know, what you do every day and how you think moving from being sort of in the role of executive, uh, you know, executive director and and association management over into consulting and uh, insurance that has to have been a significant change in the way you think every day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty big jump. Uh, yeah, 30 years in association management and then sort of shifting gears into a new industry. Yeah. Um, the biggest change is probably the I had to relearn how I share information. Hmm. Two examples of that. Uh, one, I mean, when you are the de facto industry spokesperson, right. uh, you have to be extremely careful how you phrase things and who you say it to, uh, because, you know, you for right or for wrong, or for whether you intend to or not, you speak for the industry, right, right. Uh, unless the, the, an elected officer is speaking. So I'm a consultant now, and I can give my opinion. I mean, it, it's not without repercussions, uh, but I mean, I, I'm much freer to give any sort of opinion uh, that I want. Um, the other difference on the other side of the coin is I was able to share information freely with any member that called into the association office or I interacted with at conferences. And now, of course, information is is our is our currency. It's All our right. stock and trade. So you have to be able to share some information in order to answer basic questions and demonstrate to clients that you know what you're talking about. But you know, if you give it away, then nobody's going to, you know, pay for services. So that's, it's an interesting challenge and something that, you know, I have to, I have to work on even still. Yeah. And I know from my own experience in this world that, that correlation between giving away information enough to be attractive and at the same time uh, not giving too much away because that is stock and trade is a difficult one. And I can only imagine as I thought about talking to you today about that transition and the different way of thinking that you've had to engage uh, because, yeah, it's, it's a very different role you're playing now. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and then also there's a, there's a difference in viewpoint. Hmm. In an international association, you're almost always thinking on a macro 
uh, industry level. So, right. I mean, in, in the case of PRISM globally, but in a consulting engagement, of course, you're, you're thinking on a micro level. There may be macro industry ramifications that right. impact the client, but, right. but, I mean, really, you're drilled down into their specific problem and finding a specific solution. Um, and, but, you know, uh, association management for me, since I've been doing it so long, is pretty hard to get away from. Uh, association management is still a part of my practice area. And uh, I did uh, acquire a client, and I am back in the association management business on a client basis with Brightstone uh, Consulting. Uh, it's called the Bottleless Water Association. Really? And so I'm their, uh, their acting executive director until I grow them big enough to hand them off. Wow. Wow, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. That, that's uh, that's very interesting. So let, let's go into that Brightstone Consulting because um, as much as I think a lot of people know who you are, especially those from the PRISM world, and I know we have people who listen that are from without outside of the PRISM world, but from those within the PRISM world, most people know and recognize you, uh, but maybe aren't quite sure what it is you're doing now. So tell me a little bit about the role you're playing now. I know there's the consulting side and there's the insurance side. So let's first talk about the consulting side. What's the role it plays in the world? What are you trying to accomplish with Brightstone Consulting? Yeah. So, you know, in looking around, obviously with, you know, uh, 15 plus years of, you know, exposure to this industry through ARMA and NRCC and, and PRISM, most all of the consultants that, that practice, and there are some very good ones, yourself included, have a very specific practice area. It's, it's very precise. It's well-defined. And there is no central repository that's kind of a cross-disciplinary approach to information management industry consulting. And that's what we've, we've really tried to create. Hmm. We want to be a, a central resource and repository, understanding, of course, that there are certain areas that fall outside our, our scope because our errors and omissions don't extend that far. For example, legal services. Well, we don't, we're not a law firm. We don't provide that. Um, we don't provide engineering-type consulting or fire protection. We would refer all that to ward. And, you know, we don't do... Um, you know, some other uh, specialized areas like M&A, uh, you know, that right. there are plenty of companies that do that already, and, and we don't need to, you know, clutter that space. But right. in other areas that have to do with operational engagement, infrastructure development, training, compliance, external assessment, marketing, client attraction, I mean, all of those areas that sort of are more of a systematic approach to, you know, the, the holistic business operation, that's really where we shine because, there are synergies that are created by having um, multiple multidisciplinary consultants all working on the same project for their spe specific area of expertise. So, so tell me a little bit about that. You have a group of consultants. Uh, it's not just you at play in this in this particular thing. Tell me a little bit about the team you've put together and a little bit about the the roles each of them are playing, or or generally speaking. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's a work in progress, and uh, you know we're we're always looking to add new consultants in practice areas that we don't have covered or where we need uh, additional capacity. But right now, the team uh, is composed of John Becker, who uh, owns Fort Docs in Santa Rosa, and uh, his main area of expertise is imaging and, and marketing. Ron Bush. Um, is from Indi the uh, Indiana area and uh, comes out of IT. So he has a lot of expertise in IT assessment and digital records. Tom Dumez uh, is well known, I think, to most people in the industry uh, and has his own independent company as well, but is right. affiliated with Brightstone. Right. And he um, focuses primarily on HIPAA training, but also in, in uh, additional compliance areas, you know, that are related to that. Ken Hopkins 
is well known in the industry, came out of Anacomp, uh, former president of Arma International, worked for uh, NRC, and does a lot of work in sales and uh, customer service training, program development, management, and that type of thing. And for those in Asia, Angus Wildey would be very familiar right. and has worked with, you know, Recall, worked, uh, is, a, is an owner, a part owner of um, uh, Lane Archive Technologies in Indonesia, makes his home in Australia, and is a very, he's, a, he's an accountant, a chartered accountant, and works on issues like disaster recovery, metrics, industry operations issues. And then, of course, I work in compliance, strategic issues, research, employee motivation, marketing, client attraction, that, that sort of stuff. And then uh, when, when it comes to programs like preparation, uh, companies' preparation for something like the, the, what will become the audited, externally audited version of Privacy Plus, right, right. we work together in, in areas like that. So, you know, there'll be, there's an operations piece and an IT infrastructure piece and a policies and procedures piece, and all of those sort of fold together. So that, that sort of uh, exercises the strength of the company. Oh, that's that's very cool. So you you've really brought together a team of people, but these are not employees, like you said. Tom Dumas is own company. John Becker does. Ron Bush does. Uh, these are all people who have independent companies, but they're part of the Brightstone Consulting team, as it were. Yes, that's right. Yeah, they're all independent contractors except me. I am a I am a, an employee of Brightstone Insurance. Okay. okay. So because I work on the insurance side too, as well as administer the consulting side. All right. So I, I don't know how, how much you want to go into this, but how does the consulting practice intersect with the insurance business? That's that's intriguing to me. Yeah. Well, the first thing we have to do in order to meet the ethical guidelines that are set by um, the Management Consultants Association um, is disclose the fact that we do have a relationship, a prior existing relationship with Brightstone Insurance because they own Brightstone Consulting. So all of our insurance referrals that we make are referred directly to Brightstone Insurance. We don't refer any other place. Now, that, that's the only situation where that occurs. We're not affiliated with any other vendor. We don't have any sort of uh, reseller arrangement or reimbursement or anything like that. We're independent other than for Brightstone Insurance. But uh, you'd really be surprised the different points of intersection that, between those two, yeah. things like risk assessment and contract structure and content training issues that would impact performance and breaches, operational controls, policies, procedures, vehicles and, and what they do and, and how robust their security is and their tracking, facility design, particularly the security of the facility and, and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, uh, those, those all impact insurance rates. And externally, uh, we can come in and assess, you know, for purposes of certification, but there's also an added benefit in that a company would be better prepared to approach their insurance agent and say, you know, look, we've made the following improvements. You know, this ought to help lower our rate or at least it may mitigate a rate increase or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, if you're looking at, uh, at a Venn diagram of this, there's a very large area of intersection between the two. Yeah, well, in the specifically in more of the record center side of the business, there is significant uh, insurance issues that that come to play in in this industry. That you know, barring the cost of overhead in terms of of your building or space or racking or those kind of systems and employees, insurance is a pretty significant number that everyone deals with on a monthly basis. 
Yeah, you know, and the thing about it, when I was when I first came on board with Brightstone Insurance, the very first project I started work on is uh, an, an industry insurance research project that eventually led to our revision of the Insurance and Risk Transfer Guideline publication uh, that PRISM commissioned in, in 2000 that hadn't been revised since then. Right. So, I mean, I was making a lot of phone calls to, you know, friends in the industry and trying to get, you know, samples of insurance policies so we could study the language and, you know, that, that type of thing. And something that occurred to me as a novice uh, in the insurance business, and then uh, later on the actual survey we did bore this out, is that operators don't really know or understand what they don't know about insurance. They have right. a tendency to be pretty pretty trusting. Right. A lot of these agent relationships are, 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 are local. They may go to church with their insurance agent. They may be in Rotary together. They may, you know, be in the chamber together or whatever. So, you know, there's, uh, like all other kinds of sales, this is relationship-based. And the difference is most local agencies that operators would be dealing with are not specialized in the industry. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're writing restaurants and car washes and dry cleaners and right. um, office right. buildings and banks and you know uh, so which all have different characteristics and you know nothing nothing against them. I mean, I'm sure they all do a, a good job, but there are special coverages that this industry requires in order to adequately protect a business that may be underrepresented or that operators may not understand. So right. uh, that's one of the points that we will raise. Uh, Brian Pelosi with Brightstone Insurance and, and I are doing a presentation at the PRISM conference, and we're going to go over the results of that insurance survey and talk about some of those areas where that may represent knowledge gaps for operators. Yeah, because I think that that's a pretty critical area, particularly in, in the area of Arizona emissions and privacy protection. Well, yeah, a number of years ago on this show, I had Steve Richards on and just the, the you know, the outcomes of his fire situation just related to insurance was significant as a learning point. But you're even talking now as as the compliance world evolves and as a lot of those other things evolve, recognizing your risk, the inherent risk in that and how to protect yourself against that becomes a really critical point in every operator's business. It It's a non, it's one of those things that has to float to the top sooner or later because we are in this industry inherently at risk because of the nature of the work we do. Oh, that, there's no question that's the case. And the, 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 it's a timing trick, isn't it? Because you don't want it to float to the top when you're making a claim. You right. want to figure out right. that you, you have coverage gaps before a claim or a situation ever occurs. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the assessment piece that needs to be done, and, and, and uh, understand too, and I'm sure you do and, and other operators as well, Insurance is not the only mitigation strategy. No, there are many, no. many other ones, and they should all be employed right. uh, to try and you know reduce those risks to the fullest extent possible. Whether it's training or contract language or uh, policies and procedures or you know uh, GPS tracking in real right. time or whatever the case. Locking may be. your trucks. That means simple things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Auto locks. You know, having automatic locks. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's that's all pretty critical. So it it sounds to me like you're a year into this. You've already been involved in some you know major industry research, and you've wrapped your head around this whole insurance slash consulting slash rim practice leader. What's really exciting you about the work you're doing right now, or is there something specific that that's really grabbing your attention and that you're particularly excited about? Oh, 
helping people solve problems. Uh, that was the favorite part of my job at PRISM, you know, whether that was trying to, you know, create a better operating environment through, um, you know, our work in the National Fire Protection Association or on, on laws, rules, and regulations, or helping operators solve very specific problems that may have to do with, you know, client attraction or marketing or rebranding or strategic, you know, uh, planning and, and strategy development. That piece of it I, I've always found incredibly interesting and very motivating, and uh, I get to do that a lot now, so uh, more percentage-wise than I did at PRISM, so I'm extremely pleased about that. You know, there are certainly frustrations that fall. I mean, you, you, you would like to get every piece of business you bid on, but, I mean, everybody knows that's not going to happen. So, I mean, you know, sometimes there's those kinds of things, but they're pretty minor irritations in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. So what's your vision of where this is going? Do you, do you see Brightstone as a, a full-service consulting firm that has uh, lots of employed consultants? What, you know, you and Jeff and, and uh, those people involved in sort of strategically thinking about this, where, what's the plan? Where are you going with this? Well, I mean, where, where I would, I mean, I, I have a tendency to think a little bigger maybe than I should, but I would like to see us be maybe the, the, the Daniel Boone or the Davy Crockett's, if you were, to, to lead the industry around the corner and into uh, a new, very profitable digital area. I mean, I really think we're, we're well positioned to do that. Right. The industry, I think, got a wake-up call when uh, uh, Iron Mountain did, um, you know, released its most recent financials. And, and when you actually look at those financials, and, and I think other financials and public companies bear this out, Service revenues are in decline. Right. So there has to be an effective strategy to make up for the deficit uh, in those service revenues, and that's not going to come from hard copy. If 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 operators are not in other vertical areas already, um, like destruction or data protection or imaging, obviously stepping into those areas may enhance their overall service offering and profitability, but. There needs to be a broader strategy that boils down to uh, the same thing it's always boiled down to. Clients have information management problems. The commercial industry needs to step in and solve them. Now, whether that's through the offering of services, whether it's through the offering of expertise, whether it's through strategic relationships, the client needs to be in a position to rely on the expert opinion of, uh, in this case, the, the commercial information management vendor. And... Most of the industry right now is not poised. There are exceptions, of course, but most of the industry right now is not poised to step into that role. And there are very effective ways to do that. And we want to be a part of that solution. Yeah, and I, and I, I think what you're saying is uh, really being borne out by, you know, what we heard from Richard a couple of weeks ago. And Oh, terrific show. That was a great show. Yeah, I, I, that was... Uh, brilliant the the man is brilliant and uh you know his his overview you know maybe his macro view because he comes from a place of of watching it on a worldwide level but uh that you know his sense that the only way the industry as an operator you're going to grow is to really change the way you're doing things whether it be through gaining efficiency gaining uniqueness uh, but I, I think your point, and you raised this in your speech last year at Prism, this whole movement into digital and understanding the importance of information to the client. Um, you know, it, boxes on shelves is a revenue machine in this industry, but it's not necessarily the future. 
Well, that's true, and and it's it requires probably the biggest single area that operators will have trouble with here is not the technology piece, in my opinion. This is just an opinion. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, a lot of the operators are not uh, well-equipped as business owners, haven't received the right kind of training, don't understand the motivating factors to deal with high levels of expertise, knowledge workers that they're going to need to employ or affiliate with. Right. I mean, they they very much get the, you know, you eat what you kill mentality and carrot and stick and all that stuff. But yeah. uh, I don't know, uh, I mean, if you've read uh, Daniel Pink's book, Drive, yeah. or seen the um, RSA uh, uh, animate video on on one of the speeches he gave, knowledge workers are motivated in a very different way. And, of course, Peter Drucker was into this long before Daniel Pink was. So. Yeah. They've got to be offered a, a different environment in which to function than a salesperson would or a delivery driver would or a um, warehouse worker would. They're, they're just very different animals. Yeah. And the, the model, the business model, needs to be tweaked uh, accordingly. And, you know, those, those are not easy adjustments when you're accustomed to dealing with a, a business that may be, have run extremely successfully for the last 30 years. Yeah. No, it, it, it's really a important time and um, maybe not, you know, it's going to be an evolving transition, but it's becoming quite evident in the world we have lived in this, what we call the rim industry that changes afoot. And so I, I think it's a, you know, your, your perspective on it has been in, in the conversations you and I have had and the, the more public conversations you've had since leaving prism, that transition is something that, that you're really uh, seeing and in your own way, trying to lead people through. So that that's very cool. What else in, in this industry um, either worries you, excites you, consumes you a little bit, maybe gives you some direction in terms of what you're doing with the consulting business? Yeah, I think for me personally, I'm very excited about Prism's transition into offering this audited version of the the Privacy Plus certification. I think it it's a, it's a great proactive step for the industry. It it signals to clients that operators take information security practices very seriously. Yeah. And I think the that uh, as this catches on, much like NAE AAA certification did, I think that it provides uh, a benchmark expectation for clients of how their information is treated when it's in an outsourced environment. Right. I think that's a I think that's a pretty major major thing that's that's coming. Um, the regulatory environment, I'm not as engaged in as I was, but I can tell you this much we can see from the back and forth over the um, European Data Protection Directive that this is not, the best global practice is not settled. Hmm. I don't know if you caught this on the news. I tweeted it out, too. There was a, even a case of one of the uh, MEPs, European, uh, European Parliament MEPs, literally lifting text verbatim from one of the um, uh, lobbyists trying to influence, you know, the way the, the final uh, directive uh, came out and, and was caught, you know, with that, with that sort of direct attribution. So uh, we can see a lot of companies bringing a lot to bear because Europe is obviously the, the highest bar on privacy globally yeah. and are extraordinary protectors of personal privacy. 
So it would not surprise me at all since, you know, things like Safe Harbor already exist to see more American and multinational companies weighing in more on the implementation of that directive once it gets settled and and there being adjustments in U.S. policy and that that of other Commonwealth countries that would uh, bring it more into... Uh, I, I, it may not be complete conformance with the European standard, but I would I would have to say that it would it would wouldn't be, wouldn't miss by much. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's sort of the reality on the ground because otherwise you know not, there's going to be different standards set for different regions and multinationals are going to have a, a heck of a time. Yeah. Well, it it's a changing world and uh, it's really cool, Jim, that you're a part of it in a different way now. And um, I, I I've been uh, kind of waiting for the last year just for you to get settled a little bit. But it's it's really good to hear the the cool stuff you're doing and uh, and the kind of work that you're you know really leading the charge on. And so I wanted to uh, say thanks for being part of the show today to to tell us where you're at and tell us what you're doing. And it's it's really cool to hear well thank you for the opportunity tom it's always a pleasure and uh you know look forward to seeing you at the uh, prism conference in just a few weeks yeah hey so are you still writing and playing music i just wanted to make sure i i knew you hadn't given that part up <laughs> no actually and I've, I've been focused in a slightly different area with all of my leftover spare time i have yeah. uh, which is um writing uh, a lot of uh, little uh, Christian children's songs. That's sort of been my new focus. But, yeah, I'm still still writing, still playing guitar, and, of course, uh, doing a lot of business writing. So, yep, still Very engaged, cool. still there. Not not a rock star yet, but I'm still working on it. Very cool. Well, Jim, it's been a pleasure <laughs> catching up. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm cheering for you and uh, the work you're doing, and I uh, look forward to seeing you in Florida in a couple of weeks. Sounds great. Thanks, Tom. All right, thanks. Bye. Hey, great to hear what's happening with Jim Booth. Special thanks to him for stopping by to see us on the show today. Uh, He has been such a huge contributor to the industry over the years as the executive director, and even in the roles he played before, he became executive director of PRISM. But it's uh, really cool to see what's happening in his life now. And special thanks to you as well for hanging with us today. I'd love to hear from you if you have any unique angle of service you're offering the world and uh, you want to let the industry know about it. I'd love to talk to you further. Finally, let me say this show has been sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. What impresses me about this company is not just that dedication they have to building a great software product, but also their customer support and service. And, you know, it's really also about the focus they have on new development, not just for where we are today in the industry, but where we're going and what we'll need in down the road in the future. And if you're interested in learning more about them, you can do so at O'Neillsoft.com. That's it for us this week. We are out of here. Have yourself a great week. We'll check back in next week. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Inc. Join us again soon.